This is Connor. And this is Paul. And welcome, welcome to, to Silver Screamers! Your genre rivaling, decade cloning film podcast. Some ideals are worth podcasting for, aren't they, Connor? That's the best I got. Jeez, that was a that was a stretch, wasn't it? Yeah, well. Why are you being podcast, so deadpan? Uh, podcast three and Star Trek season. Oh, I see. That's why you're you sound like you're enthralled. Yeah, no. I can't it's, believe it's nearly over. Nearly three quarters of the way through. I can't believe it's nearly over too. <laughs> Just one left. <laughs> well, we're only starting this one. So. <laughs> Three people have asked me, um, when is the Star, Star Trek season over? Loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, curious as to how many episodes are, yeah. are left. But another friend of the podcast, Kieran, he is has been surprisingly entertained by our Star Trek season, according to him. By Star Trek or by Star Trek season? Well, I think he didn't. He didn't expect to enjoy the podcasts as much as he has. Oh, Let's put it good. that way. That's good. He he messaged me there the other day saying, "Oh, the film four have a Star Trek marathon on where they're playing all the all the the movies." And I was like, "Oh, are you watching?" He's like, "I am shite. <laughs> Those films must be cheap as they're always on telly. Well, Constantly. I'd say. I mean, uh, the, I mean the nineteen eighties ones. Yeah, I mean they're. But even the, the nearly forty years old, thirty years. Yeah, ago. but how many films forty years ago are never on TV? When's the last time you saw three women, three women on well, TV? Well, they obviously even. I hall. mean, they they're either cheap or they still get ratings. So yeah, they're cheap. <laughs> or well, maybe they're both. Well, I'd say they probably do get a certain amount of ratings. Yeah, they're I would watch them. I feel like the people who are into these films have seen them a million times, but we'll just watch them again. I mean, some of them. Some of them aren't great now, in fairness, but um, yeah, the ones I like, I'd watch over and over. Now, it's a bit weird this week. Uh, Star Trek season has been littered with guests. And and before that, we had Ashwin for our Screamies Award. Award. So the last time it was just family, just the two of us, was (laughs) New Mutants. (laughs) Which did seem like a long time ago. Yeah. I actually got really confused last time when I was putting up um, First Contact and we I was putting it in the list and I was ranking it. How did it do? It was pretty high, I think. But anyway, I was uh, ranking it in the list and I was like, that's weird. Like we have, we've, I have 36 episodes, but this is number 35. What's, what, where's number 36? And I, I went back through the all intro. of them. No, no, no. I went back through oh. all of them, and it was the Screamy Awards. The Screamy, and right? I was like, oh, for fuck's sake! Right, okay, because the intro is episode zero. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. It came eighth. Yes, eighth. I thought Fucking so. Yeah. There you are. That did well. Some like it hot. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> I was I was feeling very uncontroversial and un- generous, very meek. Well, it was a long episode. I think you were yeah, tired. Yeah, I think I was like. <laughs> What the fuck? I think I took advantage. Wrap this bad boy up. <laughs> I took advantage of your exhaustion. Eight. Over oh, some like it hot. Wow. Okay. 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 It's there. That it's cemented. Well, my argument was I would watch this over and over again. I and <laughs> some like it hot. I'll. I probably won't watch again. Yeah, Iron Man. 
What's it higher than Iron Man? Higher than Widows? Okay, maybe. It's definitely more iconic than Widows. I, I probably would have put it, because I did like it. I'm being, like, this our list is weird, because, like, Widows, Fish, Kowanda, I'm like, yeah, they're good films, but then we go down and we have Halloween. And, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. And Lady and the Tramp. Anyway. It's very as we feel on the day kind of list. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's 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 fine. It's not a, it's not probably an accurate representation. It's our list. Fuck it. That's it. Whatever. Yeah. Before we kind of dive into Nemesis, do you want to tell the kids what they're listening to, Con? You're listening to Silver Screamers. Silver Screamers is our film podcast where we pick a theme or genre and dissect four films in that theme or genre from different decades. And this week we're covering Star Trek Nemesis in our Star Trek series, one of the most popular series we've had in Silver Screamers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely Paul's favorite. Uh, yeah, the ratings have just been off the <laughs> roof. We're like, we we just cannot cope with the amount of streaming and comments coming in. I tagged George DeCon. I, I think we should just become a Star Trek podcast I because I, people I, would just be so disappointed. I can't believe I tagged George DeCon and I sent him the link and he didn't even, I don't know, what do you do on Facebook? Share it or read? We didn't, interact didn't even interact didn't yeah. even give me a Maybe like he didn't like that we were dissing his because wasn't he critical of how they made his character gay in the new version and we uh, were like yeah. you're wearing that fabulous cape like let's yeah. be real that's not a new thing maybe he didn't appreciate that yeah that was kind of a weird comment to make i think well i can see i mean i guess if he i guess him being he, a gay, he uh, might have felt that his homosexuality was being exploited in some way yeah i can understand that point of view he is a gay actor he was playing a role that maybe he didn't see as gay and then when it was recast they were like he was like oh because i'm a gay actor that means i must have been playing a gay character maybe he just <clears throat> felt that was a little bit exploitative well it was a way of it was almost like an homage to george takai yeah, but yeah, also yeah. getting in some representation yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and i mean literally the extent of it is you see Sulu with his daughter running up to him and giving him a big hug and then his partner comes over and they put their arms around each other and walk off and that's it it's I know, about I know. three seconds long I suppose it reminds me a little bit when I was in college we had like a debate class for like current events where you had to kind of argue current events from a point of view and each class they, there would be a panel of students picked and then they would form the panel and then there would be questions thrown to them and then usually you, you would put your friends so inevitably when I was there it was the gay panel <laughs> it was me two gay, other gay lads and uh, a lesbian <laughs> girl and then my friend Jean <laughs> go on Jean it's not gay but you know <laughs> it's fabulous <laughs> and every question posed to us was what do you think about the gay rights what do you think about what do you think about the gay no, rights no, what do you think about <laughs> do you think gay marriage will be introduced you know are we do is, is pride still welcome and I remember kind of getting a bit irritated being like we have opinions about things apart from you know the gayness the gays well he's like he's, he's really he's, he's an activist now I mean, has he ever played anything apart from that character? Not that I know of. I'm sure he's been. So he's more famous for his activism now. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time I was on a school debate team? No. An Irish school debate team. In like Gaelic. Osgaelga. Oh, go on. And we (laughs) did one debate because we got eliminated, and it was "Na fiú fake and dergalúntra hit telefisha." Okay, okay, na. This will be good for our international listeners. Say it again. I'll see if I can. No few vacant. Vacant. Looking. Yeah. Okay. Or watching. 
You shouldn't be watching. Not quite. We'll say the whole sentence. No few fechant er galuntraha telefisha. Galuntraha. Oh, telefisha is television. Yeah. I don't know what that word means. Galuntraha telefisha. It so it means there's no point in watching soap operas. <laughs> okay, I go over. August unwell tosa. Don't even try for no or Neil. Unwell tosa. I'm going to. Sha. It's Mahlum. Soap operas. What is it? Hotel Afisha. No, nor. My Irish is so bad. Nor on will to Ufasak. Jesus, Dorita is screaming at the podcast at the moment. She's like, Jesus Christ, they're butchering my language. I'm trying. I'm trying. You're trying. I'm trying. I bet you you she knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) You live in the country and I'm will to air the. um, Oh, it's Mahlum. Na telefisha soap, uh, or on will to uh, oh no telefisha. So uh, we were against. Sock. We were against. I'm not even going to try. We were against it. So we were arguing that uh, there was no point in watching Galudra Televisia. That's just and that's uh, We were against a girls' school. Kieran was on the team as yes. well, and we were against a girls' school with great Irish. Well, I don't know. It seemed like great Irish at the time, and they went waffling on. And I picked out one or two things they said and. So I, everyone had to do it. Everyone had to go up and say their bit. So we all had like, yeah. ooh, why wouldn't you just read a book? And who gives a shit about Jack Duckworth and whatever? And <laughs> <laughs> that was, was basically our arguments. That was basically our arguments. Was it not Ross Naroon that you were talking about? I, it was any soap operas. And then, so, every, so it was four on each team. And then the captain of the team, me, obviously, got to go back up and sort of re- rebuttal. Okay. Closing statements. Yeah, which I managed poorly, I suppose. Uh, but I got one or two things in, and then anyway, they won. Um, the bitches. It's quite a challenge, debating in Irish. I mean, debating is yeah. a challenge as well, enough. And also debating against, like, another school, so you wouldn't, yeah. And who, was there, like, a, a neutral party deciding? Well, there was a judge, or a panel of judges or something. And did you get to find out... There were national debates, like, wow. <laughs> it was the first round, we got eliminated. Did you get to find out your topic before that hand, or did you just find out that day? Ah, no. We found it out weeks beforehand, oh, right. and we had a team, and then our Irish teacher was helping us, and all this kind of oh, stuff. Right, okay. The day... Jeez, could you imagine? Well, I think in dating... Ta- imagine a tough and guard spare. Well, I mean... But what, love, well, Sean? You must have had to prepare a couple of topics, because then if you had gotten through to the next round, surely then there would have been a different topic. I, it wasn't the next day, though. I mean, it would have been over weeks. Because oh, right, okay, they okay. had... they Like, it was round... Like, round one, all the schools were doing it, and then round two was probably three weeks right, later. Okay, 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 okay. You know, so... Now, how long were you all talking for? Uh, as long as this yeah well (laughs) uh, about as long as Bernard's uh, synopsis last week I'd say we each had to do maybe each person had to do five minutes and then there was like three minute rebuttal at the end so Mm. I suppose our team was on for 20 minutes their team was 20 minutes and then the only debate I ever did in school was in primary school and it was whether the Loch Ness Monster exists all right. and, and you know I'm sure you can have a guess at which one I was you were like yeah yeah I was like he did and you know my big argument was 
Okay, now go on. <laughs> we don't see God, but we know he exists. Oh, touche, motherfucker. So if we don't, just because we don't. You got that from Miracle on 34th Street. No, I didn't. I yes, you did. I did not. I'd never seen That's the deciding scene. That was. I think they argued a bit better in that because they were like, he's on the, the money. Uh, no, I didn't. Honest to God, I didn't. I'd never I'd seen that for years later. And then, but like, I remember thinking when I came up with it with my team, everyone was like, oh, that's such a good argument. <laughs> and then I said it, and then everyone was like, Meh, we were brought up to believe in God. And then people were like, oh, I pray to the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's someone who does. I don't know if that's any crazier. But anyway, let's not go down that road. <laughs> well, there you go. I don't know if our teacher picked a winner. I think he just said, well done, everyone. Oh, what a cop out. I guess we're all just a big bunch of losers. We were babies. We were like primary school. Yeah. I wouldn't have the confidence in secondary school to <laughs> to argue up against the existence of the Loch Ness Monster. Um, anyway. What are Star we talking Trek. about? Star Trek. Star Trek nemesis. So look, generations. The one Do you know, can I just say right now? Sorry. Can I just say right now? We've had like a lot of different topics. So we just like banter now back and forward. Uh-huh. We're just now past the mark of how long Bernard's synopsis was last week. <laughs> You're not living that down, Bernard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit long. I think... God love you. You had to edit it. I didn't edit it. Or Loch Ness Monster love you. I didn't... Ad- <laughs> I didn't edit... I don't edit... I do not edit the synopsis. Oh, that's it. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just had to listen to it. The rest is heavily edited. I shaved an hour off the episode and it's still fucking stupid long. Like I shaved, two, it was an hour of content. 2.20, two is it? Yeah, and it was, an, a three, it was three hours. I mean, I think we were getting up and stopping and doing a lot of stuff as well. Not that much. We only had one break. Did we? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, so in regards to Star Trek, right? Okay, the Generations film I saw in the cinema with my uncles, right? Yeah. And um, we, we think that we may have been both at the same premiere. Yeah. And the one with the Borg Queen, I definitely remember seeing bits of that on TV. And, you know, I can remember that being promoted. This one, which was 2002. Yeah. Like I was not, I was 15. I have absolutely no memory of any of the kind of the visuals. I don't have any memory of the plot. I it did, I did, did you go film, to see it? Do you remember? Never seen it. I never yeah. even heard of it. I just didn't. I didn't think they were made this late. I was kind of surprised it was mm. this late. So they were made like every two years until Star Trek Insurrection, which didn't. I don't. I don't think that did well, and That's it wasn't great. This, That's the one before this. In between, for his contact and this, which very quick overview of the story: the Federation is working with a bunch of aliens to <laughs> remove a population of six hundred people from a planet because the planet uh, has a bunch of rings around it which have very strong healing properties. Uh, Data gets a bit damaged and his ethical subroutines kick in and he realizes what's going on and he, he sabotages the operation. And then the Federation, or then Picard gets involved and realizes what they're doing and it's totally wrong and uh, they have to try and save these people. So Data is the bad guy? No, 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 no. Data's the good guy. No. Data was working with this group of people (laughs) who were observing these aliens on the planet. Um, And then he realized what they were planning to do, which was forcibly remove them from the planet. So somebody shot him when they figured out that he he realized this. 
and he was and his ethical subroutines just kicked in and then he sabotaged what they were doing Picard was sent in to stop data then he realized what was happening and then tried to save these people and the people on the planet looked like they were very primitive people with no technology but actually they were incredibly advanced people who had chosen to live without technology Ooh, like in the village yes <laughs> Oh my God, Khan! We we entered a time warp. A time warp. We've 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 entered a a Higgs boson time loop or something. So, so for you people listening, you're like, wait, no time has passed <laughs> in podcast world. It's about three weeks. About three weeks. Yeah. So Connor, like, well into the podcast, like thirty five minutes into the podcast, Connor was FML. like, I don't think FML. What? Look at you trying to be young. I am young. I'm cool. <laughs> FML, LOL, hashtag something or other. Yeah. What's a hashtag mean? It's a. Uh, it, you do it on Twitter and then things um, get promoted <laughs> and then they get popular. Is it? It's not working for us. <laughs> you hashtag something. Silver screamers. You hashtag something and then if lots of people do it, then it's kind of talked about and then it gets promoted so that people, other people see it. Is that it? Yeah. 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 It's not bad. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So we lost all of the episode and we said, oh, it was quite late at that stage. And we said, tomorrow. Will we do it again tomorrow? Yeah. Tomorrow. And that's why we're doing it three weeks <laughs> later then life got in the way and yeah. we were busy and then we went on holidays oh that's right we did go on holidays yeah. i've been on two holidays <laughs> i went to cork yeah went and then cork uh, and Claire and i went to cork on my own and then you went to claire we went to claire yeah um and and we had barbecues because barbecue. we can do that now yeah we're we got our vaccines now. second yeah. vaccine were we vaccinated we did a lot in three weeks actually so but i have to admit <laughs> this is Without a doubt, the most unprepared I have ever been before ever. a podcast. I'm not really a person who... You actually said that you needed to watch the movie again, but you couldn't bring yourself to do Well, it. you see, when we record it, usually I like to have watched the film only a day or two, but we actually, it was a week between watching the film and recording the last time. I feel this episode, I just, I need to, we just need to get this out of our system. This is like a hump day or something. absolutely dreading editing this why uh, because i just this episode just seems to be this <laughs> this saga this saga of like so do you know what do you know who i blame for this do you know who i blame for this is it me no uh, bernard and his long synopsis because <laughs> <laughs> that bloody podcast took me so long to edit and that's not bernard's fault i didn't edit the thing i just but i think that episode took me so long to edit i'd say it was took me about six hours in terms of editing because it was over three hours yeah that i just <laughs> have a slightly stale taste in my mouth regarding it's like you've this edit, selection phobia or something. yeah between, and, and, and also because this film has the exact same cast mm. as that episode i'm just like Oh, I feel I've been talking about Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Why wouldn't you talk about Patrick Stewart? He's awesome. You need Patrick Stewart alone. Who was it that said they didn't like Patrick Stewart? Jem. Jem. What the fudge? How can you have anything against Patrick Stewart? I don't think she said she didn't like him. I think she said she didn't think he was... A good actor. As good as people say. She didn't rate him. 
I wonder if editing is a fun job. Like if you're editing a movie. No, it's not. Have you done it? I've edited stuff and it's not fun. Oh, yeah. But I wonder if editors, you know, enjoy... Maybe it's a certain type of person that becomes an editor. Somebody who just likes to kind of be alone and just work on things themselves and focus on things and doesn't like outside distraction. Do you think the editors just do it themselves or do you think they have a whole team editing? I'd say there's a whole... I don't know. I don't know. I know that for uh, Mad Max, Fury Road, um, George Miller. Oh, yeah. His He's a director, but his wife edits his films or at least she edited that one and i think there's some quote saying that only his wife could edit that because he like handed her 300 hours of footage and was like yeah i'm gonna need that to be about two and a half hours so (laughs) good lord but i mean a lot of that that was torturous a lot of that was um (laughs) it didn't cause a divorce anyway um a lot of that was like very long sequences like all one shot wasn't it i don't understand how that happened that happened I don't understand it there's a brilliant oral history of that film I think about a year ago someone interviewed all the people who were involved Uh, a lot of the costume department obviously George Miller his wife Charlize Theron Tom Hardy Tom Hardy he's part of this film there's a link here somewhere and it's really interesting and you should check it out because uh, it would just seem to be a very very difficult shoot everyone was like I don't have a clue what's happening (laughs) it doesn't seem to be a script it seems to be more of like lots of action pieces and he's just kind of saying do this do this and then everyone was like this is a disaster is it was all weird. done very little special effects all pra- well special effects but very little cgi all practical all mm. actual vehicles that were built and people were like this is bonkers Fucked this up. is going to be terrible and then it, it's like a masterpiece i wonder like i mean the all the mad max the mad max the first mad max isn't really it doesn't really come across as a post-apocalyptic uh the second one does and the third one does and obviously the fourth one is then very post-apocalyptic and you don't even really know if it's the same character that tom hardy is playing is it meant to be mel gibson's max well it's max i know but like a different max there doesn't seem to be any Con- continuity like he there doesn't need to be a continuity no there doesn't need to be no I th- I don't, I don't, the film isn't really concerned about that anyway look uh, speaking of Tom Hardy he was in a Star Trek film once right Connor that's right also Nicholas, Nicholas Holt was in Fury Road and we're watching Skins at the moment on our lunch breaks that's true there you go but speaking of Tom Holland Hardy Tom Hardy <laughs> but speaking of Tom Hardy he's yeah. in a Star Trek film Tom Hardy's in Venom and Tom Holland is Spider-Man I'm okay, but let's get to fucking links. Star Trek. <laughs> I th- I never thought I'd hear you say those words, Paul. I want to just get through this. <laughs> Will we do? We did have all of one person asking us when the next Star Trek uh, episode was coming out. Who was so that? Thanks, Luke. I think you just missed our voices. Uh, all right. Okay. I am going to attempt this. So it's your turn to do the synopsis. synopsis. And you haven't watched the movie. Barely remember the movie, but you're going. So you're going to help me out more than okay. most times. But we're going to be really strict. It's going to be two minutes and forty. No going over. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so there's a wedding of sorts between your woman and your man, and the the, the, the Picard is like, oh, this is great. And they're going to her planet to have a naked section of the wedding yeah. for reasons. And then they're all going, and then they get a distress call. Oh, it's coming back to me. Yeah. And they go to this planet. Well, well, Picard and 
Worf and Data go onto the planet in a jeep and they find something and then people chase after them for some reason. It's a little action They find scene, a positronic signal which is only found in Data. Oh, so yeah, they yeah, find yeah. Data. Yeah, they find Pizza, basically Pizza another, another Data. Yeah. Also, there's a planet of people called the Romulans and yeah. they're having a council meeting and there's a big kind of explosion and they all disintegrate apart from one girl who's like, I must leave just beforehand. And uh, there's Who another... Who's bringing good tidings of the Remans, which is another world in that right. system. Yeah. And uh, they also get a distress signal or something, and then they go to this planet, and then... Oh, no, 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 they're invited. Oh, yeah, Janeway's there. And Janeway asks... Hang on, hang on. Janeway asks, tells them, oh, you have to go, there's a new king, and he's actually a Remulian or something. So, of course, all right, so they get there, but it turns out it's Tom Holland, and he's all bald, Hardy. and he's Tom Hardy, and he's all bald, and in the shadows, and then he steps out of the shadows, and I think we're all meant to be like... <gasps> But we're like, oh, it's a bald man. But it turns out he's <laughs> yeah. a clone um, of Picard. And uh, they get chatting. And then it turns out that he was like a weapon that the Romulans made. But then they didn't they want him anymore. With him. They were going to replace him. Then they didn't want him anymore. And they put him on this other planet. And then the Remulans were like, oh, well. Romulans. The Rom- no, the Remulans. Remans. The Remans were like, oh, we'll be mates. And then they make him their leader. And then he decides to to take over the that he so he was the person who made the bomb. Forty six seconds. And then and Picard he's like, come on, Picard, let's do this. And then Picard's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then there's space battles, essentially. Yeah. And so 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 Tom Tom Hardy is dying and he needs Picard's blood. Oh, he's dying. And he then he's blood. going to go and destroy the Federation. And he's going to destroy the Federation. Yeah. 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 And so uh, yeah. Picard's like, "Don't do that. Don't. That's not good. Don't be doing that." Um. So he. Yeah, you're right. Essentially, they they fly <laughs> off to meet other Federation ships, and there's a big battle, and he's in this big massive ship, and it's really powerful. Um, the Romulans come to help him out, but eventually, uh, they destroy. Um, Tom Hardy's ship um, but in the process oh, oh Data sacrifices himself yeah. because he has a chip in his arm that can do something and then he sacrifices himself and then Time. they're like no more Data but is there because there's other robot and he maybe like downloaded himself because the other robot was actually planted there by Tom Hardy to infiltrate the Enterprise yeah, yeah, yeah. but then they deactivated him but then when they killed Tom Hardy they were like well we can reactivate him again does he have data's memories? Who knows? Also, your woman has a kind of, is like psychically raped, I guess. Yeah, Deanna Troy is psychically raped. Yeah, yeah. and does a kind of a a Jean Grey this is, the, psychic. The synopsis attack. is over. So I know, I know. we're just we're just I'm adding I'm adding little now. things. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Not, no, that wasn't too shabby for someone who yeah. literally as soon as I got the start, the rest of it. It's not a complicated plot, really. No, it is not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, so, this uh, is Paul. Yeah, that's been and, Connor. And uh, <laughs> what's the next film, Con? Um, okay, so do you want to break this down by character? or I mean, there's not a lot more to talk about with a lot of the characters. Well, we, we discussed, I think actually we said this in the lost footage, we, we have discussed many of these characters, all of these characters, mm-hmm. apart from Tom... Uh, Hardy Hardy apart from his character we've discussed most of the other characters already so I think we can probably skim through most of them unless they did I mean Diana Troy has a significant role in this film yeah she is what she she is as you said psychically raped she is also she has a psychic link with one of these Remans and um, is ultimately the reason 
why uh, they get the upper hand in the big battle. Hmm. And she does kind of go Jean Grey, doesn't she? She kind of she's never done that before, has she? Yeah, which is kind of not really meant to be a thing that she can do. But I guess for this film, they did. I enjoyed this film. Uh, you know, I enjoy this film more now than I did at the time. At the time, in two thousand and two, I felt it wasn't a good send off for the crew. It's not really. Uh, Undiscovered Country, Star Trek Six, brilliant send off for that crew. Voyager and Deep Space Nine didn't have films, but they, you know, they wound up their plot, their stories, and and that was all fine. This and the new trilogy of Star Treks, I think, started well and didn't Tattooed. didn't end well. So I would expect a movie of a crew that I had grown up with over at that point fifteen years should have had a big send-off like in Undiscovered Country. So fine, Deanna Troy and Riker, they're going off and getting married. Yeah, that's the end of their storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's golden. Um, Picard didn't really have any end to his story. Oh, he just kind of he didn't really on. have an arc in this film, did he? Data dies. Not a great way to send off. And the fact that we have still potential for Data in this other body is actually more... It's, it's more annoying that you're not going to see that. Yeah. I think... So they kind of, in the new series, Picard, they brought Data back as a, more of a memory and a hallucination. But I kind of, yeah, I kind of figure it, it should have just been either he lives or he dies, but not this kind of in-betweeny bit. And there was this whole thing at the time about, well, they're killing Data off because Brent Spiner's getting old and he looks, you know, Data shouldn't be getting old and all this kind of stuff. So we can't really kind of continue, yeah, you know, playing him. But sure, there wasn't going to be any other Star Trek movie, so who gives a shit, like... I mean, it is... He gets a noble death. I mean, I guess he kind of... He's now fucking being... 20 years later, he's back as how, data. How are they getting over that? CJ? He just looks a bit wrinkly, but who cares? They don't address it. No, he's probably got another layer of makeup on. I mean, he They was, don't address it. Are you getting wrinkly? Well, do you know the way in, in the Terminator films, they just say, oh, the, the organic flesh ages, but the skeleton... Oh, he's that organic flesh, though. Well, they could have some sort of aging. They could say they could make something up like he's he's mimicking humans aging or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, but, but actually, he's only he's only a memory, as I said, or a dream in the new series. Right. So, but well, there's your explanation. Yeah. It could be whatever. <laughs> a throwaway line. Or just don't. Yeah. The other annoying part of Data's arc in this, like, they introduce this other robot android B four. Data has a brother in the next generation called Lore, who's got emotions but is a bit cracked and is a bit evil. And there was a whole Is that Brent Spiner as well? Yeah. Um and he also played the scientist Nunyan Sung who invented Data and Lore. Anyway. Uh, there's a there's a there's a an episode called Family Reunion where Doctor Soon is dying. He's already presumed dead, but he survived whatever he was meant to planet he was meant to die on. Um, and sets up a homing beacon um, and Data kind of just starts, you know, on the Enterprise, disables the Enterprise and leaves um, because this homing beacon is he has to get back. Leaves. Leaves the ship and goes off to... On another ship. Uh, to this planet. I don't know if he takes the whole Enterprise and just beams down or if he kind of takes a, a shuttlecraft, I can't remember. But anyway... There's this whole thing about um, 
data and lore and why did you give him emotion and not me and I brought you here to give you emotion but then lore turns up and tricks them and all that kind of stuff which is really good but now they've kind of introduced another android for a very brief period of time that we're not going to get to know and well he was meant to be a prototype wasn't he he was meant to be before yeah I guess before Dr. Sung had perfected the android you know so B4 um um, yeah so Star Wars like better with their droid names I gotta say I just didn't see yeah I just didn't really see the point of it I didn't kind of see that it was like where did these guys these Remans just happen upon another data you know what that wasn't on the Reman planet was it no it's on a different planet yeah it was it was on a planet that brought them very close to the Romulan neutral zone so that when they reached out to the Federation to send somebody, they were the closest ship. And who are the chaps trying to kill Picard? On the planet? Yeah. Oh, they're just people. Why didn't he put it somewhere a bit more remote? What if Picard had been killed? Oh, no. shit. They're He's been killed. Well, maybe he wanted that. He wanted to go. Well, the, oh, no, he didn't because then he, wouldn't, he would have died. Well... They were pre-warp civilization, which kind of means they actually shouldn't have gone down and exposed themselves. Anyway, not exposed themselves. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a whole yeah, thing yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not interfering. Um, it was just to get an action scene in there. Yeah. But, um, so I guess they thought that they could handle themselves and maybe they would just beam up the parts of data, but then they couldn't do that. So, And Picard wanted to use his car thing. Yeah, it, it, really, it did feel very much like we won an action scene early on here. It's very forced. There, there's no... The script doesn't allow for any action here. Also, why why was before all in different parts? Like, why wasn't he just a whole? Like, that just seemed like a scavenger hole. Like, like, from... Maybe it was all part of the act, the illusion that, you know, they had just randomly picked this up and, oh. you know, he was scattered around the place. Again, a bit of forced. Yeah. I do think, though... I think last in the last episode, last week, was it you were talking about Picard and him not being the same as mm-hmm. in the series. Mm-hmm. And I think there are elements of that that I can see in this movie. I don't I didn't Picard agree. wasn't a drag racer. I mean no, that in the the original there was sense. No, <laughs> yeah. Probably more into modern drag racers. There, there was never any suggestion that he was a, a boy racer into fast big yeah, cars doesn't or anything fit like him, that. Does it? No, no, it doesn't fit his character at all. Um, now, it do, he did have. He, he apparently he was a bit of a wild child in his youth and in his in his college days. And he was he, he has a Picard has a an artificial heart because he got in a bar fight with uh, a race called the Nausicans, who are kind of a warrior race, and they stopped him through the heart. So you know there are you kind of hear glimmers of that throughout star trek but there's nothing to suggest that he's still like that ever yeah he kind of reminds me so in some ways of uh, rupert giles and buffy this person who had a very wild past but who kind of scrubbed up and pulled his pants up and became responsible pulled his pants up. you know what i mean pulled like, his socks off pulled his socks off that's the word <laughs> <laughs> look at you thinking of giles yeah, and his pants yeah. but and, and both quite dashing uh older men though i think uh yeah no i think i'd fancy giles above uh picard but um i wouldn't fancy patrick stewart i don't think no no yeah um anthony stewart head is is, is would be more pin-uppy of the two well didn't but, you say before that you never really fancied him when you watched it as a teenager but then as you've gotten older yeah I really watched but obviously when I was younger you'd always fancy Spike 
I never fancied Angel, but other people would have fancied Angel. But I also spoke with Hattie. Never fancied any of them. But uh, I actually when you, when I when I watched it in my like I think after I turned thirty, I rewatched Buffy, and I was like, Giles, I never noticed Giles was so <laughs> was so dashing. Yeah, he's very handsome. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the only uh, series that ever nearly made me straight. It was uh, Vampire Willow. I thought she was very sexy. Yeah, but like I also feel that like all the gays loved Vampire Willow. <laughs> I wanted to be her rather than I think, to be with I her. think Vampire Willow was actually a drag character. I mean, she's yeah, that's yeah. Alison Hannigan in drag. Yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah, that is Alison Hannigan and her peak in it. Um, but just going back to Anthony Stewart Head, there were glimmers in Buffy when he would. Not that not that stuffy and kind of bookish Giles was an act. That definitely was him. But there was another side to Giles where occasionally you would get a glimpse at like Ripper. They even had a name for him. Ripper was like his nickname when he was like a thug, I guess. And he was into the occult. And yeah, yeah. And, all that and, kind of stuff. and I always felt that worked. Yes, I can see that side of Giles even when he's you know being. You know. I don't see that in Picard. I don't see the boy racer it yeah, ju- yeah it, ju- it doesn't I, I think you could definitely have a wild side but I just don't you know it doesn't marry in my head I agree I don't get that I don't although Picard's past he was you know meant to be a bit wild and you know rough and tumble and all this kind of stuff he's not now and I don't see him driving in a dune buggy around planets sometimes I think the writers in Star Trek want to try something a bit different or feel they need to put something different in. And I think this was part of that. In the previous movie, Insurrection, they had a fight sequence where Riker was the captain of the uh, Enterprise at the time. Not the captain, but he was in command. And I, I don't know, the navigation system is damaged. And he says, turn a computer, switch to manual flight mode or something. And a little 1984 joystick pops out of the seat and he starts with this like with like a little red trigger and he starts like flying the ship with this tiny little joystick and it's like this enormous kilometer long ship with this tiny little uh, as, you know uh, space like a fighter pilot thing, thing. Yeah. and so I think the writers kind of add these things in thinking it's funny or you know was that meant was that done for laughs it wasn't sold for laughs in the movie but I think everybody in the cinema was like what the fuck 400 years into the future and you, all you have is a joystick uh, well okay let's talk about Tom Hardy's character who goes by the name of Shinzon Shinzon is that right? Shinzon yeah well Shinzon is his oh no Shinzon is his name he's Praetor Shinzon well there are some humans in the world mm. that so apparently there's this condition that some people have where they can't uh, recognize human faces. So even their own family and their own wife, they, they will not be able to have they can They'll have to get them to speak. They can recognize voices. But they don't. And there's it's a very odd condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just that their brain can't, the different parts of the human face, their brain isn't able to put them together and associate them with a... Just the face, like? Yeah, I think so. But they could read a clock and... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's very peculiar. Mm. But uh, it must be a scary world to live in. Yeah, very scary. Yeah. But <laughs> I'd say about one in five hundred humans, no matter how many times I've met them or seen them in a film or whatever, 
my brain will just never will refuse <laughs> to permanently log their face and Tom Hardy is one of them because I've seen him in so many films but I he's a bit of a com- chameleon um, I do think he looks quite different in a lot of films and I think he's he's very much a character actor he also covers his face in lots of films too or he has a moustache or he has a beard or he has something yeah um, so I can understand that now I don't have any trouble recognising him I, 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 he would walk by me on the street and I would not he's recognize a very ordinary him. looking fellow as well he probably does I mean I think he's a pin up right up? No, I wouldn't I think can't so. picture his face. So. <laughs> <laughs> he is calm. He's a handsome man, but he's not a... I wouldn't call him a pin-up. I think he's... Consi- I also saw an interview with him, and I thought he came across a bit of a dope. I think he used to have um, like an Instagram before he was famous, where he was like always taking pictures of him in his boxers. Not an Instagram, a MySpace. He was taking pictures of himself? Yeah, boxers. do you know, like, it was one of those profiles, he just had pictures of him in his Speedos, and like, with, like, his big six-pack, and... Mm. Uh, and now that he's like really famous, it's just funny. Um, the first film I ever saw him in was Inception. Yeah. And that he was in a film called Bronson. I don't know if it was before or after Inception, but I think that was the first time I saw him. Bronson was. Huh? I, I thought I had seen it on his IMDb. 2007, I think. 2008. Oh, there you go. I think um, that was the first time I saw him. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you would have seen him in this. Oh, true. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he was on my radar as a, anybody particular. This is this. very early. I mean, he was really an unknown when he was in this. So before this film, he was in two shorts, a mini series called Band of Brothers. I recognize that actually. Um, Black, Hawk, Black Hawk Down. I was he in Black Hawk Down? Yeah. That was a big film. Yeah, it was actually. That's 2001. Yeah, he's quite far down the... Well, he obviously worked his way up, you know, he he, he, he started at the bottom and, and kind of worked... But he worked his way up quite quick, because that was 2001, he was in, and then he he did Deserter, a film called Deserter, and then Star Trek Nemesis. So mm. this this is this was a big get for him. It was, but actually... Um, he didn't do anything else for another while. <laughs> well, Star Trek, I think Star Trek doesn't have a good reputation of making very famous actors. No, you're actors. right, actually. Yeah. And actually, I think if you're in a Star Trek series, it can be quite damaging to your career. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay. Well, it can be quite good. So they tend to, in Star Trek, they tend to reuse a lot of actors. So there's like a community almost of actors. And if there's a new Star Trek series... They'll be in. It's a nice club to be a part, part of. Yeah. Also, you're guaranteed to get convention invites for the year for all life. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> conventions and probably merchandise and. All I that don't know shows. if you'd get any merchandise. Maybe if it was a, a your likeness, but I don't know. And they replay them all the time, so you probably yeah. get royalties. But, well, okay. So obviously, Patrick Stewart's had a great career, and I don't. Yeah. I think he. This is his biggest role, but I don't think if you say Patrick Stewart, people are like Picard. You know. Yeah. Well, um, they probably like Professor Xavier. William Shatner and Leonard... Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy. I do think they did other things. Leonard Nimoy... Really? I think he did. He did something to do with The Hobbit. <laughs> I think that might have been... The a, Hobbit? Yeah, I think he, he definitely had a song about The Hobbit. A song about The Hobbit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Okay. He sang, did he? Was he a musician? <laughs> hey, hang on. Right. The first thing you type in when you type Leonard Nimoy is Bilbo Baggins. The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. This is the full album version. In 
the land of Charlotte's a brave little hobbit whom we all admire. This is bizarre. Holy moly. He lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him, Bilbo. So not Lord of the Rings. No, it's about the Hobbit. He's wearing his Spock ears, I think. Well, they might be Hobbit ears. Oh, look at those dance moves. Spock, what are you doing? So I suppose, yeah, it's fair to say he didn't have a whole lot else going on in his no. career. He's not even wearing the ears, no, he's there's normal the ears. Bilbo! Bilbo! Like, what, what is this? Bilbo! What, like, what is it for? It's a music video for a song he released. He released this song. This was his song. I think so. Oh, it's quite long. I think we'll leave it there. Yeah, let's leave it there. That's <laughs> odd. That's really odd. Okay, so he didn't do a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> um, I think some of them went into like directing and stuff like that. Okay. I think Leonard Nimoy, like he directed some of the Star Trek films, which were quite successful, and he, he may have directed other things as well. <laughs> and actually, he the next sorry, Connor, the next the next video that YouTube is suggesting is Leonard Nimoy sings Bilbo Baggins live. <laughs> right. Um, I've never seen that or heard that before. Jesus. Um, Leonard Nimoy was lucky because when he because he played Spock, who's incredibly long lived, he was also got a re- semi recurring role in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Actually, it might not have been recurring; it might have just been in two episodes. Hmm. Um, and he was even in the two thousand and nine. Well, that's right. Yeah, playing Spock. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the first two of them. Yeah. That's correct. Um, all right. Okay. But then, if he, I suppose the other actors that you would think of, obviously Whoopi Goldberg, but I think she was a big star going into. She was a big star. Who? So that was yeah. that was a coup for Star Trek. Yeah, 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 not yeah. for her. Um, uh, Kate Mulgrew. Mulgrew pops up on TV now and again. She's a big role. I think role she did a lot of. She was primarily, first and foremost, a stage actress. Yeah, and you can you can tell that. And you can her. tell that from her kind of but overacting. Like, I think if you showed her face to most people now, they would know her from Orange rather than Star Trek. Orange is the New Black. Like, she was one of the main characters in a huge Netflix show. I'd say if you sh- if you if you saw her face, a lot of people would say, "Oh, Captain Janeway," or something. I think the the it's two very different. Or audiences. they'd say, oh, "Captain Janeway." <laughs> I think mainstream people. I think Irons is the New Black would be more mainstream. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, is that it? Um, she did the audiobook of No. <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, in terms of actors who had significant work outside the show. Uh, well, Brent Spiner pops up in a few things. He, he was in Friends. He was in Independence Day. Yeah. He had a couple other things, I think. <laughs> uh, Will Wheaton, who played Wesley Crusher, was on The Big Bang Theory. I think he had a recurring role in that. Um, As did George. George Takai. Playing himself. All right. Yeah, Michael Dorn. What was Michael Dorn in? Michael Who's Dorn. He? Worf. He was in something we watched recently where they were at a convention. He was in Ted. Ted 2. That's what playing he was. Playing himself. Yeah. 
Yeah. Alongside? Alongside the guy who played the tick. Well, I suppose... So, so no, <laughs> going back yes, to Tom Holland, what Tom you're Hardy, saying is... Hardy, Tom Hardy. Oh, my God. I can't even get... You've got Tom Holland on the brain. It's not. It's just a Tom Holland. You're like, just mm, a, Tom Holland. No, no, that's more you than me. <laughs> uh, it's just that Tom Hardy, even his name, refuses to embed itself in my brain. I just find I just find him a really... I mean, he's a perfectly good actor. I just, he, I just don't... He's very well regarded. Actually. Oh, he's, he's very, very good. Actor. I don't think he has masking on. Mind, but I don't know. Uh, oh, I think he might. For did he get? Because he was in that. He was in Bronson, and he was in that other movie where he was playing these gangstery twins, and he, he played was, both parts. He didn't get nominated for that, definitely not. But he was nominated for an Oscar for The Revenant. Oh, right, okay. I forgot he was in that too. He was nominated for that. Yeah, yeah. He was supporting. I guess supporting. Yeah, I mean, tiny role. Was he in that? I mean, apparently, I, I kind of remember there being a buzz about it, but I can't actually picture him He wasn't him the one that left him there to die, was he? I can't even remember. Anyway. So, Tom Hardy was... I think, he, I think he's very good in this movie. I think he's actually probably one of the best things about the movie. I think he plays the character very well. I think he plays a disturbed, twisted version of Picard well... I think the mind games are great. I think his motivation is clear. Um, I think he plays becoming increasingly ill well. Um, and he's quite menacing. So I think he did a good job. Yeah, he was fine. I, he's not compared to Alice Creek in First Contact, the Borg Queen. No, 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 no. Um, I liked his outfit. It was a pretty cool space <laughs> outfit. Yeah. Um, and even Dr. Soren in Generations, uh, played by Malcolm McDowell, I think he was a better, was he a better villain? Mm, I don't no, know. I think I preferred Michael Mc, or no, I think I preferred Tom Hardy. I certainly, I prefer the character anyway. Yeah. I, I, I like the concept of an evil clone. I mean, it is almost cliche in sci-fi, like fucking even Earthworm Jim had an evil twin, but it didn't. It was it was it worked well, and the fact that he was a younger and and that he was he was kind of a failed experiment. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the concept. Mm. I, I don't think it was a new concept. I have a vague recollection of there being another storyline in Star Trek which kind of dealt with something similar, where they were like somebody was meant to be replacing somebody else at a very high level in in, in Starfleet. So I'm not entirely sure it was a fully original idea, but. Um, yeah. I, I find the politics of the Romulans in really interesting. Mm. And I kind of think the film could have explored that more. And like if you think about it, the so the Romulans are are the wealthier and the more advanced in terms of resources race. And then the poor the Romans are like slaves really. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting choice that they made the Romulans kind of elfish and kind of beautiful alien and then they made the Remulans Reman. the Remans like monstrous and much more ugly and well, it, like, <coughs> had you reversed that had the, the slave race been the kind of the elf and beautiful race and the masters be monstrous our, our sympathy would have been with the slave race the entire time and at the end when the 
you know, I kind of feel like there was no kind of retribution for this poor race who have been obviously they. Yeah, they, they were, kind of. That, that's a good point. Like they're they're just both both races are just bastards in the end of the day. You know, the the Romulans have always been in Star Trek. They've been they have been secretive and they have always been a race that you don't know a lot about, but they're very very anti federation. Yeah. Um, quite a powerful race. They have an empire. Um, and very sneaky, sly intelligence and all this kind of stuff. They're just they're they're um, related to the Vulcans, and it's always it's it's been in, it's interesting because you know Romulus obviously Romulus and Remus yeah, from yeah, yeah. from, from uh, is it Greek or Roman. Uh, Rome, Rome, Rome. Like Ro- Romulus is Rome. But we had never seen the Remans up until this point, and the Remans. I guess but they had been mentioned. I think they had Romulus and Remus. Yeah, I guess the Remans kind of. I, I guess they looked. Okay, there's two things. The Romulans were always established as being related to Vulcans. They were a well-established race. They couldn't just like change them from this kind of elfin-looking race. Now, the Remans. I guess they said one side of the planet always uh, is facing the sun, and one is always away from the sun. So they live on the dark side of the planet because the other side of the planet is too hot. Um, so I guess that's why they kind of look the way they do. Yeah, but I mean, there was a there was a choice made to make them monsters. They could have yeah. looked like I mean, do you know in the Dark Crystal, one one of the yeah. elves is lives underground and she's kind of got big eyes and stuff, but she still looks cute and stuff. If they wanted to make them, well, they are a different race at the same time. So they yeah, do. but the, every race in in Star Trek world is is humanoid and just has different facial features or something they could have given them soft features and they could have made it if they wanted they could have made them like a an attractive race but they they made a deliberate decision to make them monstrous and i just thought that was an interest and and i also kind of think i wonder if that's i don't know now but maybe maybe that is also referencing Romulus and remus in the, in the mythology i don't know i don't think so um I also thought it was interesting that obviously this isn't a fictional race, you know, so we can't be, you know, <laughs> worried about their rights. But I did think it was interesting that their savior wasn't one of them. Like their savior was a human clone. It was almost like, oh, they needed a something that was more intelligent and better than them to escape their, their tyranny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was necessary that he was meant to be smarter. Um, and better he was maybe like the Remans had always lived the way they had lived they had always been subjugated and maybe they needed somebody different to spark the way you know for them yeah they they actually reference in um, in the film that the only so the Remans were used during the Dominion War so the Dominion War was a war between the Federation and another race from the beta quadrant and it, it it started in star trek deep space nine and so they were referenced that war in the movie and said that the remans had been used as essentially cannon father um but that tom hardy's character proved to be a very capable leader in general and so that kind of combination of him being a very good leader in general and probably respected in that regard plus the fact they got a bit of freedom to go off and fight plus the fact they got a taste of freedom going off and fighting 
probably led to this sort of revolt and you know this great general leader said hang on a second why are we going back to our caves let's uh, let's do something about this there's almost there's a there's a young adult novel in there where uh, what's his name Shanti Shinzo <laughs> where Shinzo Shinzan is the protagonist of this uh, and he's the chosen one in this and he's kind of a white savior moment where he he brings his downtrodden comrades to victory and say and you know and he's the hero and anyone reading that story would be like yay he brought them out and he they took over the nasty people but in this film the you know the evil federation we have they pushed him down and they killed him and yeah so basically what i'm saying is justice for the Remans. Justice for the Remans. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think they've been misled, maybe. Uh, poor, um, poor, ugly Remans. They had a, an opportunity to... Well, they had. They tried, actually. They did actually try diplomacy, and that's the first scene of the movie where they are trying... They've gotten some sort of Romulan leaders on their side uh, who have been sent to the Senate. That's right. And she never really gets her comeuppance. Well, no, she doesn't. She... Uh, she becomes loyal to Tom Hardy when she figures out that he's got lots of power and he's going to fucking kill people Um, but she realises that he is planning on annihilating every planet and all species in every federation planet and goes oh hang on a second I didn't sign up for this that's you know mass genocide I don't want the blood of all that on my hands and my children's you know staining my children's for generations she says or something like that so she switches sides and goes to help Picard yeah but she was complicit in all of her fellow um well uh, this is uh, Romulan the thing that, yeah. uh, politicians being murdered this is the thing about uh, the Romulans they are no they're, they're, they don't have qualms about fucking people over and killing if they have a particular direction that they want achieved but at the same time she reached her limit <laughs> and the Romulans re- the Romulans you know Shinzon took power the Romulans some of the Romulans were supportive and then realized that they had made a terrible mistake and then it was a matter of internal security um and and you know switched back fair enough fair enough to to be honest I I'd be happy enough to kind of wrap up soon. Though I do the thesis statement that I had planned last time, I totally forgot about. Came back to me when we were talking about data. Oh, do tell. But are we? Is there anything else we want to talk about? Because it'd be nice to wrap up after the thesis statement. Um, a couple of nice scenes in this movie. Um, uh, when Data and Picard are on the uh, the scimitar and um, they steal one of these pods. And uh, they fly out one of the glass windows. I thought that was quite nice because, you know, you do see these ships with glass windows and you're kind of like, I wonder what would happen if you shot one of those. No uh, memory of any of this. Okay. I thought it was clever that they realized what was going on with B4 and then switched data. I thought yeah, that was a good As soon as switch. I saw that there was a, a data dummy, I was like, there's going to be a switcheroo. There's going to be a bait switch. There's going to yeah. be a switcheroo. Did Beverly Crusher get any time in this movie? She was at the wedding. Wesley was at the wedding. Wesley was at the wedding, yeah. Weird. Uh, uh, weirdly, though, Diana Diana's mother wasn't. She did. She did. Diana's, maybe in story, 
she's going to be at the naked wedding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think she would have been. Yeah. She wasn't dead necessarily in the series, but the the actress was dead. The actress was Gene Roddenberry's yeah, wife. Yeah, me. And also the voice of the computer. Oh, yeah. uh, so other nice I thought the scimitar the ship itself was cool um, I thought it looked good it looked well it was enormous and it was very intimidating I liked that they there was some nice um, back and forth between Picard and Tom Hardy you know where they're talking about trust I have no reason to do so um, yeah Picard says Picard, uh, Patrick Stewart's great at acting a tete-a-tete yeah and when uh, when the the enterprise is basically on its knees, Picard just looks and says, "I've got him." Uh, he thinks he knows exactly what I'm going to do and changed his strategy and battering rammed the scimitar with the enterprise, which was a which was a. Oh, really I forgot cool about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think I think there were some nice scenes. I thought it was acted well. I thought some of the story was me. I didn't think it was a great send off for the um, for the crew. But overall, enjoyable. And I have watched it, I, you know, I've watched it multiple times. I would go back to it. No, I'd n- I never want to watch this again. Not like, <laughs> not that I'm averse to it, Jeez. but I just thought it was a very ordinary sci-fi film that didn't really have anything. The interesting things it touched upon were the dynamic between the Romulans and the Raymonds. Yeah. And it didn't explore them in any kind of intellectual capacity. Yeah, I do think that was a missed opportunity to, yeah, to learn yeah. more so about them. So it just ended up in Caramice. So, okay, I think it's time for... Statement so I had this theory that this film was a sort of spiritual remake of Wrath of Khan. Or it was like the Wrath of Khan for the this particular... Crew. crew because what were my reasons <laughs> okay so you got you got a big bad guy from like the captain's past who kind of makes him face up to his past experiences of sorts so you got you got Khan who like is really angry at Kirk but Picard has never met Tom Hardy before I know but he's still really bitter at the Federation and stuff right Oh, Tom Hardy is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 okay. no I'm cool, I'm cool, okay. I'm cool. He then, Khan and him hijack a big spaceship that's not really theirs. Uh, well, they built the scimitar, but yeah, okay. Yeah, with a ragtag group of... Ragtaggers. <laughs> ragtaggers. There was a few other points that I had that, it would, that you would have totally agreed with, but Kirk slash Picard... Are almost, they've almost lost their their closest ally sacrifices themselves to defeat the enemy mm. Kirk and Spock yeah therefore that's why I think this is a spiritual <laughs> there's way more points than that I, yeah, had, I, don't really I had like five or six points I wouldn't have thought I wouldn't do I wouldn't have thought that this was a reimagining of the same sort of themes in Wrath of Khan I think uh, first contact is about Picard who was wronged and the Borg Queen and they have a history and he's willing no, but the Borg Queen isn't angry no 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 Picard is and he's willing to sacrifice his entire crew yeah ship. but that's not what Kirk's going through in Rathacan 
No, it's what Khan is going through. No, but no. My point was that that wouldn't be a remake. That would be a that's more clever. That's more of a juxtaposition. This this I was saying that there was a lot of themes and action uh, and uh, there was a lot of themes in both of these films that I thought were similar, and particularly with the with the Spock and the data thing sacrificing themselves but whatever anyway I, I, I had a plan and then we lost footage and <laughs> I forgot it and I haven't been asked to re-research it so anyway that's me half arsed <laughs> oh, this statement right right <laughs> uh, I looking at our list I mean I'm not saying it's not a bad film I think it's a a very average film and if it, if it just didn't have the slap of Star Trek on it if this was just a uh, unlicensed sci-fi film I think it would have been forgotten oh yeah I think so so if we're to look I, at our I, list I, I don't mind putting this uh, I mean lowish yeah I mean you can see here the where I have my screen <laughs> I, it's, I, I would I think I would put this after SEO Trot 28 Better, oh, it's definitely better than the Suspiria. Yeah, um, I put it higher than Suspiria. I, I think there's more to Suspiria. I would want to put it artistically. Maybe. I think there's a lot more to Suspiria. I know that the story is probably stronger than this, but I think Suspiria it's has a more lot enjoyable. more. I would pro- I would want to put it maybe above SEO Trot. I think SEO Trot's like a million times more charming, like a million times more. It's a charming little. And movie. I think it's a it's better acting. Uh, well, no. It's a charming little movie. It doesn't have the action. It doesn't have the, 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 the music. It doesn't have the, you know, the, the gravitas of Star Trek. It's no... It's, the, this was the send-off for that crew. Yeah, it but was, it wasn't a send-off. I don't think it it did. I would, go on. Give me one place above SEO Trot there. I'm agreeing with you that it should be low, but I think one place above okay, SEO Okay, so Trot. then below The Witches then, 27. 27. Okay. Settled. Okay, so this is number 27... Star Trek film called again? <laughs> 2002. Right, so look, that's us finished with the Generation crew. Yes, so next we only have, well, we could do the original Star Trek, the motion picture in 1978, um, but we're most likely, I'm not going to pick that anyway. So I am going to pick the new Star the first of the new Star Treks. You can't do that because that's in the same decade. I am going to pick the second of the new Star Treks. <laughs> which, is, which is... Star Trek Into Darkness. And I'm going to pick the third one because we have to pick one of them. Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. So I'm doing Beyond and you're doing... Into Darkness. Uh, okay. And I, I heard, potentially we might have a guest for that. Brian Lennon. Oh, yeah. Brian Lennon potentially. said he'd like to do one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So... Heads or tails, Connor? I'm going to go with tails. And I'll pick heads, so. I think that's all you can. That's what I'll t- I'm happy to do. I Honestly, if I'm really honest, <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> Actually, I've seen Beyond before. I've never seen Into Darkness. Oh, right. Okay. Well, um, and I saw, uh, the, I saw Beyond in the cinema. We saw that together. Yeah, in the cinema. I kind of hope it's into darkness, to be honest. Anyway, let's find out. So, sorry, I've picked heads, you picked tails. Yeah. Okay. Tails. Into darkness. Oh, Star Trek Into Darkness. That's the one with Benedict Cumberbatch. 
Yes. Okay. And this is wrapping up Star Trek. Yeah. So we kind of started with Khan and we're ending with Khan. How interesting. And we apparently had Khan in between, although your thesis statement didn't really prove I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I'll mull that over and come back to actually, us. I'm not going to mull it. I no, don't care not. that much. <laughs> um, okay. Well, do you remember? We, we, did I we discuss like all our topics like yeah, cinematography we, we and did. costumes? Cinematography costumes. We, we did because I said he's a nice costume. I said Tom Hardy looking fine. The rest of the, and actually, actually, I quite liked the outfits they were all wearing at the wedding. I thought that was a nice kind of futuristic formal wear. That was kind of a futuristic uh, mm. officer's formal wear. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was nice. Yeah. And, uh, and I like Guinan's comment. Would you ever get married again? No, 27 was my limit. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of a funny because Whoopi Goldberg got married three times. Right. Though I don't know if she was married three times. But I'd say probably actually at this stage. Um, I think it's way more than that. I thought it was like, is it? I think three times. Anyway, um, anyway do you want to say our handles? I would, we don't have our paper, but I'm sure you remember them. No, I don't. Just get the paper. Oh, God, I don't know where it is. Well, I don't know if it's at... Silver Spoon. Please come listen. Just say whatever. So don't forget to catch us on uh, our website, www.sylvan-screamers.com. You can email us, silverscreamers at gmail.com. You can catch us on Facebook, at Silver Screamers, Instagram, at Silver Screamers Podcast, Twitter, at Silver Screamers Podcast. Uh, like us, tweet us, comment on us, review us, keep it all nice and friendly. Catch us on iTunes, uh, Spotify, and the Apple Podcast app on your Apple iPhone, and that's about it. Okay. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. Okay, laters. Okay, thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. Little hobbit of them all.